0: Hello and welcome once again to Rasslin' Memories Then and Now on Pioneer 90.1 FM KSRQ. We are, uh, yeah, beyond the FM dial. You can stream us, yeah, we got that down too at radionorthland.org. And you can also pick us up uh, for streaming-wise, live and in the moment, on the TuneIn app. If you uh, missed out on this episode live and in the moment, of course, you can go to the website RadioNorthland.org and uh, go through and get into the archive section of Rasslin' Memories. And, well, you can listen to this episode and many other episodes here in the past nine years. Time, time definitely flies. I'm Glenn Broggett, back in the saddle again. And also back with me uh, this week. grizzled vet mike mccurdy and he's down there deep in the heart of texas and if you've been paying attention here as of this recording uh last week or so has been a very rough time weather wise for for the good folks down there and uh yes as i introduce him i also want to get an idea you know from him uh, about what winter down there has been like uh mike grizzled vet mccurdy welcome to the program and today's a, a very monumental day for you down there uh with the weather here you i hear there's going to be water back in your place
1: oh we're getting water back yeah um and it's a lovely 30 degrees it's the warmest it's been in a week uh snow and ice still on the ground which is starting to melt creating that lovely ice skating situation that i was telling you about so yeah no we're making nationwide news man uh people say hell froze over well if texas was hell then that statement came true but you know we love it here in texas but it's just really cold it's worse it's been in like i think they're saying like 50
0: years oh yeah this is kind of like it's unfortunate because yeah you guys aren't really at all prepared for it this that to us is like no yeah that's like uh, a mild day at this time of year of course we we're getting out of our own uh, deep freeze as well here and finally uh, getting back to some better temps above zero and yeah that windchill is nobody's friend but uh, yeah, it was the last episode we were talking. It was uh, things were just kind of starting to hit uh, weather-wise for you guys down there. And uh, boy, what a last uh, set! What what an interesting uh, last few days it's been uh, since the last time we got together here with Jamie Hemmings.
1: Oh yeah, it's definitely been it's been a it's been a fun week. Uh, only about a foot of snow, so not a lot of snow from what I understand. But when you're not used to it, it it's something different. I've never walked in snow before and I've had to walk to work and back, and I've never walked in snow. It, it's it's quite entertaining. I am not a snow person. I'm from California. We don't do snow. So Texas doesn't do snow. People who live here, they don't know what they're doing. But yeah, we're nationwide news, man. Electricity grid shutting down, rolling blackouts. Uh, now we're having food shortages because grocery stores couldn't get deliveries, and people were stocking up, and Yeah. Yeah, It's just, it's, it's a mess, but we're coming back out of it, man. You know, we're doing what we do and, you know, God bless Texas, man. We're, we're strong. We're doing what we do and things are getting back to normal. Thank God.
0: Yeah, I have I have family down near San Antonio, and yeah, they were you know talking about uh, talking with my mom. My my oldest older brother was uh, talking about driving in the snow, and he's like, "Oh, it didn't take too long for me." Of course, I was kind of used to it, you know, growing up here in Minnesota. So he he was kind of liking yeah. it, but then he he noticed uh, a lot of people weren't exactly uh, you know adept for it. It's like kind of like even just a little bit of snow. You guys got a lot, but even just a little bit could cause uh, such uh, such calamities. But man. You guys are going to get out of this, and it's good. We're starting to get out of it. That's good. And what a good time to talk wrestling. I mean, we still got a little bit more of winter here in the North Country, so uh, it's good, good to be indoors still. But what a good time to talk wrestling members! And uh, today, Mike, you're bringing a, a very good guest back uh, to the program who's got a very interesting project that's uh, taking flight and uh, something that uh, I hope the listeners will, will be able to check out after they hear uh, what it's all about.
1: Yes, man. We got a returning guest uh, this week. Always a pleasure to talk with this gentleman. Uh, You know, like you said, about a week or so ago, we talked with Jamie Hemmings about wrestling books. Well, we're going to talk with this week's guest about kind of the wrestling podcast scene because he now hosts his own podcast, The 30-Minute Midas Touch. I've been listening to it. It's a fascinating show. It's just a perfect amount, too. There's a reason why it's called The 30-Minute Midas Touch because it's only a 30-minute portion. It's only a 30-minute show, a quick bite, you know? You don't sit and listen to the four-hour, uh, you know, marathons you get with like a Jim Cornette or a Bruce Prichard yeah.
0: sometimes. No omnibus, uh, no omnibus marathons. No, none of that uh, four to no, six-hour stuff. No, no, I mean, I, I love between the sheets, but yeah, I understand.
1: Yes, it's the it's the perfect bite of the wrestling knowledge, and uh, we've got our guest here to talk about his show and you know, kind of the podcast scene. He's been a guest before. I mean, it, I think this is probably his fourth or fifth time on our show. But uh, let's welcome back to Wrestling Memories then and now the Golden Boy Greg Anthony. Greg, welcome to the show. Thanks, guys. Glad to be here. Good to have you back, man. Thank you for joining us again,
2: man. Yeah, absolutely. I always love coming on with you guys, and like you said,
1: always a good day to talk about wrestling. Yes, well, you know, people can huddle up in their night, in their warm homes and they'll listen to some great wrestling talk as we always have. So, but uh, <laughs> as I said in the intro, though, Greg, you know we've had you on before and. You know, we know you as, you know, a former NWA National Heavyweight Champion, uh, wrestler, promoter, but you're now in the podcast scene. Uh, Your show is the 30-Minute Midas Touch, so, you know, kind of let's talk a little bit about that. Let's talk about how you kind of got involved in the podcast scene and, you know, just how the 30-Minute Midas Touch is going.
2: Uh, It's been going really well so far. You know, we're about 12 episodes in and, you know, all the feedback has been really positive and uh People seem to be enjoying it, and like you said, you know that thirty-minute, you know, uh, time limit that we put on it uh, has kind of been a good selling point. You know, I, like I said, you know, spending four hours on one Jim Cornette's omnibuses and things like that, it can take a big chunk of your life away. <laughs> I love Jim Cornette, I love Arn Anderson, I love uh, Jim Ross, but sometimes I don't have the the time to sit there and listen to everything they have to say, so I end up listening to clips. But I felt like 30 minutes was a uh, was a perfect thing for people to listen to on their way to work or maybe while they were doing their laundry or something like that. So, so far, everything's been really positive, and uh, we're really excited to be up and going.
1: So, what was the origin of the, uh, of the of the show? What got you decided you wanted to kind of enter the podcast scene? Because, as I said, it's, you know, a very popular scene, very crowded scene. There's a lot of, uh, you know, a little bit out there, something for everybody, but, Kind of what got you decided you wanted to, to break into it?
2: Um, well, if, you know, you're on my Facebook, and I'm sure you've seen me ask, you know, my Facebook followers and friends, you know, hey, I've, I've got 20 minutes, let's do a Q&A. And um, people would ask me wrestling questions, and instead of giving just a, a yes or no answer or just a one-word answer a lot of times, I would go in-depth with a lot of things that they were asking. And uh, people seemed really interested about it. Like I would get inboxed, you know, hey, when are you doing another Q&A? Because I got one for you. You know, something like that. So that was kind of the got my wheels turning as far as maybe you know, maybe it's time to do something with the podcast stuff. And but like you said, it's it's so oversaturated sometimes with with wrestling. Um, it was kind of something I I wanted to just be careful. You know how I got into it. So you know, I did quite a bit of research over the over a while and decided what kind of what avenue I want to take. And I it really came down to. You know, there's a lot of people out there in the business today that are promoting a certain type or a certain viewpoint of professional wrestling, and we're not hearing enough from the counterpoint of that, and I am the counterpoint, you know, and, and to me that void gets filled either way. So if someone's going to sit there and say, hey, old school doesn't work anymore, this kind of stuff is garbage, um, it's a new day, you know, This you have to evolve, you know, all these kind of phrases, then I'm going to be there saying, hey, no, old school does work, you guys need to sell. You guys are destroying the business, that kind of thing. So I'm I'm there to uh, play devil's advocate because, like I said, they're they're preaching one one end of the spectrum. I'm going to preach the other.
1: Now, I've been I've been listening to the show since it's started. Like you said, thirty minutes is the perfect bite. It's about a thirty minute walk for me to get home from work. So you know your show is perfect from beginning to end. I get all in there. I don't have to spend you know three days uh, listening to, to to one show. Um, how do you set that up? How do you, you know, decide what you're going to talk about and keep it within that that 30 minutes? Because you know sometimes once you get going, you know you got a, a lot of things you uh, you want to expand upon. Are there some topics you are going to return to, or do you feel you need to kind of go back to out of that 30 minute uh, time frame?
2: Well, you know, I'm, I'm I've always played the long game. You know, even in professional wrestling, when I as a as a booker. You know, I, I'm a long-term booker. I think a year ahead, two years ahead, three years ahead on some things. So this is kind of the same aspect for me. Like, I'm thinking ahead. Like, 30 minutes, it, it seems like it's not enough time to kind of get into the stuff, but what it actually does is it leaves content on the table, which means I can, like you said, I can return to a subject. I, we could do a whole another episode. We just did the Montreal Screwjob a couple weeks ago. I could do a whole another episode on the Montreal Screwjob because there's still so much content out there still to talk about. But, you know, like I said, we, we only did 30 minutes, you know, so we, we gave people a, a good-sized dose of it first, you know. But there's so many subjects that we can that dive into. There's times we – we how are we going to talk 30 minutes about, like we did an episode on, on jobbers and, and enhancement talents and, you know, how are we going to uh, fill 30 minutes talking about this, and we end up having, you know, more than enough, you know. So I really feel like, you know, there's still so much content out there that we won't ever – run out of content for sure and definitely we can do part twos part threes of episodes if we need to and also you know just coming up with i love wrestling so much i could talk three hours about a lot of this stuff but you know for for me the 30 minute thing is just so perfect for everybody as far as uh, you know time constraint goes
1: so for our listeners um what topics you know have you covered so far i know my favorite one you one of the ones you've done is the uh about the people, you know, their wrestling a fake. That's been kind of one of my favorite topics. I believe that was like episode five or six. But what are some of the topics you've covered?
2: Uh, let's see. Well, the first one obviously was, um, was a pilot episode because I was telling everybody, hey, you know, why do, <laughs> why do I get to have a podcast? What, what do I have to offer? Why should you listen to my podcast? So I kind of just went through my resume of, you know, my, my, um, my viewpoint. So that was the first one, then we went, we did one on WWE, we did one on AEW, Um, we did Timing is Everything, we did Promoters Who Can't Work Together, Um, we did the F Word, which is where we went over the word fake and why it's so disrespectful to our business. We went over uh, booking, just booking theory and strategies and things like that, Montreal Screwjob, Jobbers, Uh, most recently we did uh, Suspension of Disbelief, which is a huge part of our business you know, in, in the storytelling aspect of what we do. So I just kinda of go in depth and break down a lot of this stuff, even for stuff not just for wrestling fans, but for a lot of the wrestlers too who may not have gotten some of this experience. You know, here's, you know, I, I've been around for twenty one years. Like I said, I've I promoted seven hundred plus shows. I've been a booker. I've and three time interview a national champion. I've got to work with a lot of high profile guys. So like this is me dispensing knowledge free of charge. So I think professional wrestlers, especially young guys should really take heed. You know, here's an opportunity to learn something. You're going to learn something in every 30 minute episode.
1: So what's the process of uh, putting together an episode? Cause it's not just you, you have a co-host as well, who I believe is also your audio editor. Uh, what's the process of putting together the 30 minute might as such?
2: Well, I'm not, I'm not a technical guy at all. So I have, I, it's actually a three man crew. We have an audio guy that does our, all of our, um, uploading and making sure everything's squared away on that. End. And then, of course, like you mentioned, I have a co-host named Mark Tipton, who Mark Tipton and I have been friends for for over 20 years. And uh, he's just somebody who he is uh, mainly a fan who lives here in Dyersburg. But um, he actually was, you know, an announcer at some point, you know, several years ago. But decided he would much rather just be a fan in wrestling rather than being behind the scenes. So he decided just to be a fan. So. But he, me and him have always had a really good rapport as far as wrestling. We would, see, we would see each other in Walmart and end up talking 20, 30 minutes about wrestling anyway, you know. So um, with us, it's just, you know, we get there and Cody, our our audio guy, sets everything up, makes sure all of our levels are right and that kind of stuff is ready, and we just go. We tape one, a 30 minute, one minute take a 30-minute, one-minute take, and we just kind of go from there. We kind of get with each other during the week and pick a topic. And, you know, I make notes and he makes notes, and we just kind of mix them all together.
1: What are some of the uh, upcoming topics of the show going to be? Uh, well, they just kind of go
2: back and forth. Um, one thing I'm, I'm going to do at some point is I'm going to do a three-part on the whole NWA fiasco. <laughs> um, you know, I'm going to start with, you know, my, my initial experience of the NWA when I was first getting into business. Uh, then the NWA experience um, when we were a part of, you know, NWA Mid-South was a part of it and Matt Riviera and, you know, Bruce Starp and that whole era. And then I'm going to go into the Billy Corrigan stuff and what's going on with all that and how I, how all that stuff came together and came about and how Corrigan got the NWA and all that kind of stuff. But that's going to be down the line a little bit. Like, so we're going to do a three-part episode on it eventually. Um, this week, actually, we have, we're we taking Saturday and um, – our topic is going to be wrestling politics, where we're going to talk about the ins and outs of some of uh, some of the politic aspects in professional wrestling, which is always a pitfall for a lot of guys.
1: Are you looking at possibly bringing on you know guests for like interviews at some point in time? or Are you strictly going to stick with a uh, a topic based show?
2: It's probably going to be just more topic based. You know, I really feel more comfortable, you know, you know, expressing my opinions, and I think that's kind of what we're trying to build as a brand, as far as. You know, it's the thirty minute minus touch. What does the Golden Boy Greg Anthony think about this? You know, so I feel more or less we're gonna stick with that. Now I'm not opposed to doing special special things where if, if we did have some, you know, a larger name in maybe I could sit down with him for thirty minutes and actually perform my own kind of interview. But that's, you know, that's a what if scenario. Right now I'm having a lot of fun answering questions and just breaking down the business as best we can.
1: All right, Glenn, I'm going to pass the microphone back uh, uh, over to you for uh, a round of questions.
0: All right, I'm going to ask a couple of questions here with our special guest. Greg Anthony, of course, entering into the podcasting world. I've yet to listen, but I'm definitely going to uh, get back on get onto those back episodes. Uh, it sounds like a, a real fascinating uh, new new thing to listen to. And uh, was there anything like you know, you talk about pro wrestling podcasts, but do you? Was there anything like non pro wrestling that got, got you inspired to, to get into the podcast game? Do you listen to other podcasts? Is there something that plays into that as far as you know your direction with the with the podcast, or is it just a strictly wrestling? Thing has there been other podcasts that have inspired?
2: You know, no. I'm mainly, I just listen to wrestling podcasts, and that's why I tell everybody else too. Like, I, I have other interests. Obviously, I love movies. I love uh, basketball. You know, I play basketball through school. I have other interests like that. But really, professional wrestling is my hill to die on. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Like that is that is my passion. That is my number one thing. So, like, for me, talking about anything else would feel kind of, um, kind of fake you know, kind of fraudish. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I even though I have knowledge of those other subjects, it's not the same kind of knowledge that I have in professional wrestling, firsthand experience kind of stuff. So uh, for me, it was all about professional wrestling. Of course, you know, I like I said, I've listened to other podcasts as far as like NBA and stuff like that, but I really feel like my stuff comes more from the Cornet kind of thing, you know, him and Brian Last doing their thing, but like from my perspective and less vulgar than Jim does and obviously – I'm not going to get into American politics and religion and things like that. So
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you kind of know the lane that you want to be in, and, and you kind of know that that yeah. will be what will lead you to, to making more content here. And well, we talked about, uh, you know, Jim Cornette and uh, Brian last and the Arcadian Vanguard has said so many really good podcasts of which I, I listened to multiple ones. I, oh, and I also listen to between the sheets and other things too. But what are the podcasts? If you could pick like, I don't know, five podcasts of the pro wrestling genre that you enjoy the most that would be, that are always considered to be must listen, uh, which ones would you think would in, in that five? I mean, it, it doesn't have to be like, you know, number one, number, just what five podcasts of pro wrestling would you recommend that that you enjoy listening to? Um,
2: I mean, like I said, I like Cornette's obviously the best. I, I love Arn Anderson. You know, I think Arn Anderson is, um, uh, you know he obviously a great wrestling mind but he's so humble too that's the only thing i don't like about arn is like he talks about how some of the girl wrestlers nowadays are better than he was and i completely disagree with that <laughs> i mean arn anderson was one of the best professional wrestlers i've ever seen in my life so like arn would be another one obviously um uh jim ross you know cuz all those those three guys right there they're all from the same mold all from the same era and they all have kind of the same mindset that i do um now, I've listened to clips from everybody. Like, I, I think Disco Inferno has, you know, got a unique perspective. People knock Disco a lot of times because they don't think he should know or he's not as great a worker as so and so or this, but he has a really interesting viewpoint on the podcast. And most of the time, I kind of agree with him, too.
0: I listened, oh, I've know. listened to some of his stuff uh, with with uh, you know with Conan and stuff on MLW and uh, yeah I mean Glenn Gilberti is you know whether you like him or not he, he has a voice and he has he, he definitely brings in some strong opinions that you know I find myself sometimes just laughing out loud at his stuff because the way him and Conan can uh, their report their through the years I mean that I mean yeah. I've listened to that since day one I, I, I think Gilberti's a, a hell of a, a podcast figure.
2: Yeah, yeah, I mean he's he's a really good guy too. I I mean I know him from the Vegas scene. You know, he li- he lives out there, but you know, he, he's just a good guy. And like I said, I he I think he really understands like the the core of the business. You understand the hey, you need to be a character, hey you need to be able to sell. Hey, there's no reason to kill yourselves doing this, you know. So like that kind of thing. And then also, you know, guys like Eric Bischoff and and um Bruce Pritchard, you know, who who give you more of an office kind of stance on a lot of things and kind of a more of a behind the scenes kind of thing rather than in ring per se, but like, yeah, everyone, you can learn something from everybody. And that's kind of what, you know, my thought process is with ours too, is, you know, we're going to give you 30 minutes and we're going to give you a 30 minute lesson. You know, you're going to learn something
0: and you also are are very much in very much in the mind of what's going on with the current state of pro wrestling and of course uh, one of the times we had you on the show was when covid was really in its infancy and uh, what has happened since and we're not going to get into the full story of covid and, and impact on the world but we're just going to focus it in on on pro wrestling and it made for some. It has made for some real interesting times. Uh, not only trying to get uh, people back into the shows, but some of the stuff that has been done. Uh, the audible that was called, and now as we're entering into twenty twenty one. There's been some really interesting seismic moves that have been going on within the business uh, involving uh, Tony Khan with uh, All Elite Wrestling and with Impact and with New Japan now Pro Wrestling and the NWA, uh, whatever's left of what Corgan has going here these days. But what can you talk about as far as uh, what you're seeing and, and through your eyes uh, about the state of Pro Wrestling here in 2021 and coming off of we're still dealing with the, the pandemic?
2: Yeah. I mean, obviously it's going to be one of those situations where no one, um, this, we're just making the best of what we can. You understand? Like, Mm um, WWE, obviously, you know, like you said, had to call an audible with WrestleMania and so on and so forth, but it's also one of those things where, you know, are we going to go back and someone's going to say, man, I really, I really love that pandemic era WWE. You know what I mean? I don't think we're ever going to hear that. You understand? It's, it's, you know, I don't think someone's going to go, hey, I really want to watch that match from when they had no fans there and they piped in everything, right? Like, I, I just don't see that becoming a thing. You know, I could be completely wrong, but that's kind of just my viewpoint. Why would I watch that when I can watch all these other matches that have had all these amazing crowd reactions and their, their genuine moments? As much as I can be, right?
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, And you know, and what have you been dealing with as far as uh, you know the independent scene? Like I said, we had you on one time, and you were it was just at the beginning of everything, and there was a a show that you were talking about that was going to happen. But well, how have you been dealing with it? Uh, Just you know, not only being a wrestler, but just the whole thing in general.
2: Yeah, it was rough. I mean, we were shut down for five months, and you know, that's the longest amount of time I had ever been out of a wrestling ring. Uh, because, you know, I had heart surgery in 2017. We discussed that before, but, you know, I was out of the ring for four months for that, you know, and here we are, a pandemic shut us down. Uh, Local government shut us down for for five months. Uh, It was very, um, it was a very stressful time, obviously, you know. I mean, we actually thought we were going to get to start up in, uh, we we got shut down in March, and then we thought we were going to get to start back up in June. So we started to have a show in June, and actually the cops, came and shut us down in the middle of the show.
0: Oh, my God. And
2: said that, uh, yeah, and they, they basically said, hey, we're here to, you know, there's this order, you can't do this, blah, blah, blah. You know, you need to shut down your show or, you know, you can keep going. It's up to you, but here's the here's the charge, basically. And I was like, well, we're going to keep going. They're like, well, if you keep going, then the district attorney's probably going to uh, charge you with a class A misdemeanor and, and sentence you to a jail and a year in jail. You know, it was one of those situations where you're between a rock and a hard place. You know, I mean if you put a gun to someone's head, you know, is there really a choice? So we end up having to shut down the show in the middle of the show. You know, it was it was very I've never you know, I've never had to do that in my entire career. You know? Um, so that was a very hard situation, obviously. And it was just one of those things where the mayor was blaming were saying it was up to the police department. The police chief was saying it was up to the district attorney. The district attorney was saying it was up to the governor. I called the governor's office and the governor was telling me, hey, we leave it up to local officials.
0: Just passing you around know, a hot right? potato then and not really getting any real straight answer. It's just like, oh, no, they're supposed to go with it. No, 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 that's their jurisdiction. Yeah, yeah.
2: It's basically, that's basically exactly what happened. So, I mean, I mean, eventually we got to start back up and I haven't had any issues since. But, I mean, it's just been... Just that whole scenario was it was a horrible whole situation. And what I could tell everybody, I've never put a gun in anyone's head and said, "Hey, come to a wrestling show." You know, I think at that point, especially, everybody knows the risks involved with what's going on with the coronavirus, with the pandemic, with everything. If you're willing to risk it going to a wrestling show, then that's your personal choice, and that's kind of what my thought process has always been. So let me run my show. Whoever shows up will show up. You know, and we'll deal with it from there. You know, obviously we have responsibility as far as uh health goes, but I mean we do everything we can. We take temperatures, we ask people to wear masks, we we ask people to socially distance. Now, what's the difference in us and Walmart? You know, we're we're doing the best that we can.
0: mm mm-hmm. And, you know, how long, you know, let's take us into the, the progression of, uh, you know, as far as like capacity for people, as far as bringing in crowds, what was it capped at and how did that slowly uh, start to increase as far as uh, getting more people in the shows and where is it sitting at the moment?
2: Well, it's one of those things where it's, it's lawyer speak. And I'm sure you've heard that term before. It's basically mm-hmm. where, you know, it's, it's talking out of both sides of your mouth, you know, like they would actually say that there was a cap. at 10 people, right? But if you actually read the document and read it, it actually reads as you can have 10 people in this area, and then if you socially distance them six feet away, you can have another 10 people in this area. And then if you social distance them, you can have another 10 people in this area. So it was actually – as long as you have the, the square footage, you can have as many people as you want. But it was still in the sense of they were telling people no more than 10 people, right? So it was. It all came down to how the district attorney was, uh, how the district attorney was going to um, interpret this order, right? And the district attorney just didn't want anything going on at that time, so he shut he shut us down.
0: You're listening to Rastlin Memories Then and Now with our guest Greg Anthony, and we're going to bring back into the mix of deep down there in the mobile studio Grizzlevet Mike McCurdy. Mike, you have a few more questions. I have a feeling.
1: Oh, of course. I always got a few questions under my sleeve to ask here. Uh, One thing while we're on the topic of just kind of how the wrestling scene changed with the pandemic on, you're talking the uh, nobody's going to want to see, you know, pandemic era WWE. But a couple things that came out of it that I have found interesting, I might get your take on it. One is the cinematic match, because I think they've actually been able to do some kind of the fun stuff with it. And also with WWE and AEW's done a little bit too, the way they're able to edit where they can do effects and special effects and matches to kind of add a little bit more to the entertainment value. I kind of enjoy it. I don't know what your take on it is. Uh, and when I say the entertainment value, I'm specifically referring to like some of the stuff that Randy Orton has done with, uh, with Bray Wyatt because obviously, you know, setting Bray Wyatt on fire would, would not be possible in a live arena but with the Thunderdome, they're able to do some editing and create a little bit of a different type of, uh, of programming. I'm just curious what's kind of your take on that because I kind of see the, the interest in it and the future of it. I'm just curious what your take on it is.
2: Yeah, I'm not a fan of, of cinematic matches uh, at all for several reasons. Um, I love professional wrestling, and I think if we're selling professional wrestling, then that's what we need to give our fans. Um, if they want to see a movie, if they want to see a B movie, if they want to see an action movie, there's tens of thousands of them that get released every year, right? For me, it's, it's always, why is wrestling trying to be something else? Wrestling is its own thing. Wrestling is its own unique art form. And if we do it the way it's meant to be done, then it's, it's in my opinion, it's the most beautiful form of storytelling that we have. I think it's better than a movie. I think it's better than music. I personally think it's better than everything because I'm a professional wrestling fan. Now, with being able to edit and things like that, I understand because, like I said, they're putting this weird scenario where what else are they going to do, you know, so, but we keep inching further and further away. First, they piped in crowd noise, and then it was a laugh track, and now it's, you know, now we're doing this, we're doing these as scenes instead of actually filming a match, and you know Edge and Orton, for instance, they had they had a beautiful match at Backlash. I really thought it was a great match, um, but they, they there was one shot that completely killed it for me, and that was Randy Orton had actually hooked Edge for his uh, hanging DDT off the second rope, and then we had a shot of a camera shooting directly up under Orton and seeing Edge's face as he's in the move. Like that shot is not possible in a wrestling match, right? And then you then they cut camera. and, Of course, there's not a, there's not a cameraman in the ring. So that that kind of stuff takes me out of my suspension of disbelief. But another aspect of that, even another aspect of that is is apparently they did some reshoots for that match. Like they did they did the match and then they oh we didn't get a good enough shot of this. We need to do this, this, and this again, right? And that's where Edge ended up getting hurt within the reshoots. You understand? So like to me it's not mm-hmm. worth it. Wrestling's already hard enough as it is. You understand? But now we're we're asking guys, hey, you know, I know I know you already took you know, 27 bumps in this match. Hey, can you take 33? Because we need to get these two shots again. You understand? Um, I just think right. it kills all the all the wrestling that's supposed to be a spectator sport. It's supposed to be based in reality, and I think it needs to be as close to that as possible.
1: Now, with uh, last year's WrestleMania, obviously the beginning of the of the pandemic, you know, we had the empty building. Like they didn't even have piped-in fans or anything. And for me, it took away so much from. What were some great matches on that show? This year's WrestleMania, though, they're going back to Raymond James Stadium, live fans for the first time in a year, along with Thunderdome viewer screens, I believe. it what it is, you know, what are you looking for uh, as far as this year's WrestleMania? Because I believe they're talking twenty thousand fans, possibly, kind of like what they did with the Super Bowl.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm all for that. I mean, um, anything that gets fans interact in professional wrestling again. And I I just think that without fans, it just sets a completely dangerous precedent for professional wrestling. Our whole business is based on crowd reaction, you know, instantaneous crowd reaction, all right? So, like, in situations like this, they can just book whatever reaction they want, you know? So that's why I'm, I'm much more interested to get back to you know, fans being in the arenas, uh, actually having actual, you know, these reactions that we are looking forward to each time. Because let's face it, the reactions are what makes the match half the time. It's, it's making those people react. You know, I've seen some of the greatest technical matches ever, you know, and the fans just sit on their hands. It's not about necessarily the wrestling. It's about the fans' interaction with it.
1: You know, something else has come out of the, uh, you know, the pandemic and all that, and this is where your current project is kind of involved in is I've seen over this past year kind of the rise of, like, more independent wrestling podcasts, guys like you. I got some friends in Oregon that are running them. But they're opening up the podcast as a way to interact with the fans and, you know, interact with the fans, talk to the people. and You're doing the same thing. Have you seen kind of podcasts going on the rise as a way for fans to get their wrestling fix and for wrestlers to interact with their fans?
2: Yeah, I think that's part. I think a lot of them, you know, have delusions of grandeur, which I do, too. You know, of course, I want to be, you know, I want to be one of the best podcast guys out there, too. Um, for me, though, it really is about the betterment of the business because, Like I said, there's one group of people that are saying this is the way professional wrestling is and is going to be and it's evolved and you need to just deal with it. And then there's a very small group of old-timers and myself (laughs) because I'm I'm just now going to turn 40 in June. Yeah, but for some reason I seem to have a a better thought process of 60-year-olds like Jim Cornette and Jim Ross and R. Anderson like we were talking about. You know, but like, there's there's just that gap, and that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to bridge that gap to where guys maybe can can understand why we do the things we do. There's there's so many things that are just a lost art in professional wrestling nowadays, just because no one was there to teach them, teach them why we did that in the first place. So now they just do stuff to do stuff,
0: and none mm-hmm. of it makes
2: any sense. So like, um, and I I'm. You know, at the same time, I'm very – I'm Mr. Kayfabe. I don't like pulling back the curtain like this, but at the same time, like, I have to because there's someone else out there filling that void. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, because now with the podcast seeing the way it is, you know, you've got Anchor, which I believe is how your show was distributed currently is, I believe. Uh, You know, you've got Blog Talk Radio – Anybody can put together a podcast nowadays and you have a lot of people that just cause they read something on the internet and they have the, the dirt sheets and the internet sheets and all that. They feel like, you know, they've got the qualifications to kind of go behind the scenes and that's really not the case. And I kind of agree with you on that one. The curtain does get pulled back a little too far because guys that don't really have knowledge of being back in the dressing room or behind the curtain working behind the scenes are now producing podcasts and uh, content where You know, people are listening to them. They're getting their followers. they got their their friends listening to them, and then their friends recommend that people listen to it. But maybe these guys shouldn't have, you know, an avenue. I'm no expert. I've promoted shows in the past. I've been back in the dressing rooms. I don't think I'm an expert on it, but I do think that I have, you know, as far as interviews and all I go, I have found my place in it. But there is a glut of the guys that are pulling back the curtain maybe a little bit too far.
2: Yeah, like I said, it's it's the blind leading the blind. In a lot of cases, it's, it's not necessarily that they have an opinion. It's just that their opinion is wrong. You know, it's not based on any factual thing. You know, when when you sit here and tell me that there's no such thing as good and bad anymore, you understand that's the core of our business. It's good versus evil. It's it's God versus the devil. You know, that's what our whole, entire business has been based on for 100 years, and for 100 years it was successful. It wasn't until we started blurring this line, you know, that – and start blurring all the lines, you know, then all of a sudden, and people start trying to reinvent the wheel, you know, that a lot of things started going downhill. You know, by no measurable standard is professional wrestling better now than it was 30 years ago. We have, we have more an opportunity, more people have an opportunity to watch wrestling today than any time in history, the less people are. So what does that tell you?
1: Glenn mentioned uh, Brian last in the Arcadian Vanguard network. And obviously another, you know, large network of podcasts is uh, Conrad Thompson and his, his group. Most recently he added Kurt angle. Uh, I've listened to the first two episodes of that show and I'm interested in it. And obviously Conrad is also the guy that kind of got Arne Anderson to sit down and do a podcast. And if you listen to Arne's first podcast, you know, he was still getting used to it. And in my opinion, some of those episodes were horrible just due to audio issues, not are himself at audio. But, uh, yeah. you know, now with Kurt angle, are there guys that you'd like to see, you know, come out and maybe kind of get into the podcast realm, either independently or, you know, working with Conrad or Brian Lass that you feel might have a voice on this? Cause you know, I know I've got a few, uh, on a list of my own.
2: Man, that's a really good question. I haven't really, that's a, unique when I haven't really thought about it but I mean really anybody that's you know that was a booker you know what I mean like Bill Dundee for instance you know Bill Dundee is Bill Dundee is a, is a legend obviously in, in my area of Tennessee but you know he was very vital to the success of professional wrestling two major territories in Memphis and of course Mid South um in Memphis he was um the number two guy, and like a lot of people tell you, it's much harder to be the number two guy a lot of times than he is the number one guy. Jerry Lawler was the number one guy. He was the draw. He was the guy, but you had to have someone to work with him, and Dundee was the perfect guy to work with him, whether it was heel or babyface or whatever. So be able to hear Dundee's thought process on stuff is, is always interesting. You know, I read Bill's book, and his basic thought process is, you know, when it comes to Memphis, And people retelling stories about history and things like that is that you know um, they think they remember what happens, but he actually wrote it down. He he kept notes religiously about how much money was drawn and how many people were there and who worked who and what was the finish and all that kind of stuff. So he's actually got a record book of a lot of that stuff that happened, and um, that's what he goes off of a lot of times. So when he says he says stuff like you know. You know, Jerry Lawler wasn't at every show. Jerry Jarrett wasn't every show. Bill Dundee was at every show, and that means he was the guy. He was the booker. So, um, and then when he went to Mid South, you know, here here he is. He's going to be the booker for Bill Watts, and Bill Watts had booked at, um, well, Mid South originally back in the back in the sixties and seventies was a, a junior heavyweight territory. You know, Danny Hodge and um, Leroy McGurk and guys like that, right? Then when Bill Watts took it over, he made it a like, a like a heavyweight territory himself and, you know, JYD and guys like that, right? Uh, but then when mm-hmm. Bill came in, Bill brought back some smaller guys. He brought in the Midnight Express. He brought in the Rock and Roll Express. He brought in, I believe, like Terry Taylor and guys like that. So, And then he ended up making Mid-South one of the hottest territories ever. You know, they had their record breaking year. I think they broke every record they'd ever had under Bill's booking. So I think Bill Dundee would be um, an interesting, just especially you have to know Bill because he, he tells it like it is no matter what, especially uh, more so depending on what day it is. So uh, if you caught him on the right day and asked him the right question, I guarantee you'd get podcast gold.
1: Now, we've been talking about uh, the podcast scene, and we were, we've been talking about your show, the 30-Minute Midas Touch. Now, for our listeners who are interested, where can they find your show?
2: Well, like you said, we're on Anchor, and um, – we're on Anchor. Let me get my little link here so I can, my little picture, so I can tell you all what we're on because it is quite a bit actually. So we are on, uh, like I said, we're on Anchor. Uh, we got Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Breaker, Spotify, Pocket Cast, and we also are on YouTube. So uh, that's a, I think that's a pretty good helping. Uh, places um, that you listen to your podcast is you
0: can catch the thirty minute minus touch.
1: All right, I'm going to pass the mic back over to Glenn for the uh, the last part of our show.
0: Well, I just want to just uh, wrap things up and uh, tell the listeners, uh, yes, definitely, uh, if you have the chance, to check out the thirty minute. Midas Touch podcast. Uh, it's been a really good time uh, here chatting with the host of that very program, Mr. Greg Anthony. And, of course, it's always uh, good to uh, hang once again with my co-host, the Grizzle Vet, Mike McCurdy. For Greg, for Mike, I'm Glenn Broggett. You've been listening to Wrestling Memories Then and Now.